Welcome to the Socialette Podcast, where we empower you with the marketing know-how you need to create the business of your dreams. I'm your host, Steph Taylor, and I'm a marketing nerd, Shiraz lover, and passport stamp collector. Join me as I dive into all things small business marketing and deliver them to you in bite-sized, fluff-free lessons every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Let's get learning. Hey, welcome back to Socialette. This is episode 175. Today's podcast guest is the fabulous Prue Chapman, the founder of Owners Collective. Prue is a business mentor, strategist, and speaker with over 15 years of experience in business strategy, psychology, and leadership development. In this episode, we chat about how to find a good business mentor, as well as how to avoid choosing a dud, how to get the most out of business coaching or business mentoring, and the pros and cons of group coaching versus one-on-one. I personally love Prue's no fluff, no BS approach, and I know that you guys will as well. All right, so I'm going to stop waffling on now, and we're going to dive straight into this interview. Hi, Prue. Thanks so much for coming on Socialette. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. So, Prue, for those who aren't familiar with you and with Owners Collective, would you like to tell us just a little bit about who you are and what Owners Collective is about? Yeah, absolutely. So as you mentioned, my name's Prue. Um, I run a little shebang called Owners Collective. And what we do is we mentor creatives to scale up their businesses. So um, we've been around for quite a while now. I've been doing this for probably almost 10 years. Um, oh. Yeah, I know, quite a while. Oh. It's changed so much in that time. And we used to, I used to do a lot of one-on-one coaching. Um, and then we moved into helping startups to really start their businesses. And now our jam is really helping people scale up their businesses. So it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. So what's your jam? journey been up to when you started Owners Collective? What did that look like? Oh, that is such a great question to start <laughs> with and such a big question as well. So my background is actually in psychology. Um, so that's what I studied at university and then I travelled the world and then became, oh. yeah, totally, and became, um, started into private practice in psychology and loved that for what it was, but it wasn't really where I was meant yeah. to be. I really wanted to be on the proactive, positive side of health and then um, did a little bit more travelling, kind of fell into business and marketing and then really found out about purpose-driven business and that's kind of then when my two loves combined, so psychology and growing businesses and particularly in working with creatives. So yeah, I came, I was traveling a lot while I was doing that over in London and came back to Australia and yeah, started started coaching one-on-one and then a few years into my journey decided to leverage everything online. So I realized yeah. that community was a really big part. Um, yeah, and that was the birth of Onus Collective. Yeah, and you've done a great job with building a community. Yeah, it's been, it's been tons of fun actually. And I think, I mean, it's, the landscape has changed so much in the last 10 years. Like I was talking about it to someone yesterday and when I started my business, like Instagram didn't exist. Like that's oh my just, goodness. <laughs> and just to like kind of put things into perspective, I think, I don't know wow. if Facebook pages had launched yet. Like it was a whole different ball game. It was oh literally like going around talking to people about your business. And I feel like we've kind of come full circle as well, because now there's so much out there on Instagram and so much out there on Facebook and if you want to have a big impact, you actually got to get in front of people yeah, in real life. Exactly. And I think we really lost the art of that, like kind of in this sort of 10 year cycle that I've seen, yeah. like, and those relationships that I built 10 years ago, face to face from going to networking uh, events every single week, like I still have those relationships and they're still so important. Exhausting. And I agree. Everyone's <laughs> a little bit exhausting. Um, 
But I agree, everyone's trying to take everything online now, but yeah. you just can't replace face-to-face relationships. I think, yeah, there's like a, there's a place, each has its own place in business, I think. So you mentioned you're a business coach. What is business coaching? Because I'm sure you get asked this all the time. <laughs> yeah, good question. So the way that I see it, um, coaching, mentoring, I kind of use them interchangeably. Yeah. Um, I really just see it as an objective viewpoint on your business. So I think no matter who you are, the one thing that you can never have is an objective view on your business. So you're always in it and you can't see the forest for the trees. So uh, having a business coach or a business mentor is someone that comes in from the outside and hopefully with a good chunk of experience to be able to do it and look at your business and look at really establish what your goals are and where you want to take your business and then work backwards from there to make sure that what you're doing now is really purposeful towards both the business and the life that you're looking to create. Um, And I think, yeah, with experience, a lot can come into that because, you know, maybe you're just treading water if you're early (laughs) on in your business or you might be doing something that's not profitable or that's not bringing you joy. And, you know, sometimes it can be that objective viewpoint and sometimes it can just be a permission slip as well. Yeah. Yeah, Like when we did a strategy session last year and you basically gave me permission to stop doing client work if I didn't want to do client work anymore. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I need. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And sometimes I think a really good coach as well just has the right question to ask and with that experience I think comes intuition and you know I could clearly see it on your face that that client work wasn't really lighting your fire anymore and so just saying to someone like you know what you can totally make this business work without client work and if it's not something that's really Mm. lighting your fire if you stop doing it you'll actually become so much more impactful in other areas of your business. Yeah so true so you said that you use the terms coach and mentor interchangeably so do you see them as the same thing or is there a bit of a difference? No, there is a bit of a difference, I think. I In my early stage, I called myself a coach. I kind of see a coach, it's almost like having an athletic coach or a running coach. Like there's <laughs> yeah. someone on the sidelines, like kicking your ass, you know, holding you really mm. accountable, making sure that you're doing what you're doing. Um, it was only a few years ago that I started calling myself a mentor. And I think with mentoring comes experience. Yeah. Um, and I think having worked with, you know, like a lot of different businesses on, and, and just being in the trenches, either done it for yourself or have worked with a whole truckload of businesses that have done it before. So I do see a difference in the two. Um, Also, mentors can come out of specific industries as well. So if you're in the media industry, it might be someone that doesn't necessarily coach, but they've been in the media industry for a really long time. And so they've got experience to bring to the table and offer you. Yeah, sure. So at what stage in business then would you suggest that somebody starts looking for a mentor? Oh, God, I think from the get-go, to be honest, (laughs) that I'm biased. Um, I just here's I guess I'll just like preempt that a little bit if you sit down into your beautiful Mac there and type how to grow a business I think you'll get about eight million responses like eight million feedback and so as a small business owner as a startup as as someone growing their business Mm. like it's just so overwhelming and if you're inexperienced you just don't know where to start with that and you can just go round and round in circles and not get a positive return on investment. When I'm talking return on investment, I mean around your time, around your money. Like you can waste so much time. You can waste so much money. So just having even, I think for when people are just starting out, like sitting down and just having a one-off strategy session with someone can be really valuable. Oh, for sure. Yeah, just so you can kind of get your head around, okay, this will work or this won't work. Then I think 
I talk about two phases. So a startup phase, which lasts for about 12 to 18 months. And in that, I think it's really valuable for people to just get out there and throw spaghetti at the walls and just (laughs) give it a go. Like, you know, figure out what your products are, who you like working with, who you don't like working with, what you like doing. And that kind of lasts for about 12 to 18 months. And then when you get to that 12 to 18 months, it's really critical that you start to think about scaling up. Now, for some people that might be a bigger team. It might not be. For some people it's different products or different service offerings or not doing exchanging time for money. But if you don't do it at that 12 to 18 month mark, you're going to burn out. And yeah. that is just what what I see happen to so many businesses because they don't get that objective viewpoint in. They don't get a coach or a mentor. They keep doing what they're doing and spinning their wheels. And it's yeah. just they'll exhaust themselves doing it and then the business becomes too much and they kind of throw, want to throw in the towel and go back to whatever they were doing before. Is that where you see a lot of people getting caught in like the time for money trap? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's time for money. It's there's so many there's a lot of traps around that 12 to 18 month Mm. mark um and so it's almost like taking that leap to say all right what does the scale look like because otherwise you're just on the same treadmill going at the same pace (laughs) and it just doesn't work doesn't get you anywhere no no and I can imagine like you start to lose not lose interest but like lose that passion for what you're doing because it's just becoming like another thing that's draining your energy yeah because what you've done is you've just given yourself a job yeah, exactly. Like that's yeah. it. If you're still doing, if you're working the same way in your business 12, 18 months in as you were mm. when you were started, like you may as well go work for someone else and get the super and holiday pay. And, <laughs> and, 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 and the sick leave and the annual leave. Yeah, and, 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 and the camaraderie <laughs> and yeah. the free coffee and all of the things. And yeah. that's not actually a bad thing. Like both my parents are school teachers and – I think at the moment, we're kind of coming out of a little bit of it now, but there's been this real um, glorification about starting your own business and being an entrepreneur and like, let's get real about it. Like it's a hustle, like, and it Mm. takes a certain type of person. And if that's not your zone of genius, you don't want that hustle and, or it's not the best way to actually apply your zone of genius to the world then you don't have to do it. No. And I think like 12 or 18 months in, it's also good to make that call. Like my parents, like I said, they're school teachers. They're really passionate about education. Yeah. They're passionate about teaching people. Like should they have started their own businesses? Absolutely not. Like no. they had such long fulfilling careers doing what they absolutely loved within a structure that supported them. So I guess that's something else that happens around that time as yeah. well. Yeah, and it's so easy to forget that because we're in – we're in these worlds where we're surrounded by people who own businesses mm. and it's easy to forget that, yeah, running a business isn't for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't – and I think there's no there's no harm in admitting that as well. Yeah. Like I would much more respect someone – if someone if, if I'd applied for someone to work a, a job description, um, I'd much more respect someone that went out and gave it a go and then came to me and said, you know what, I tried it and this is what worked and this is what I didn't love about it and this is why I'm applying for a job. Like I'd really yeah. respect that about someone. Yeah, um, sure. Sometimes I think it takes a lot more courage to leave something than to stay in something. Oh, for sure. <laughs> it's mm. like a it's a pride thing I think so back to the whole choosing a mentor when you choose a mentor or coach do you do you think it's better to work with them for one session or like a block of time or forever like how how do you think it works best yeah great question so I think really the gold standard around it is to work with someone ongoing for a period of time now that period of time can be dependent on why while you're still learning from them. Um, so I've worked with different coaches in the past and I've outgrown them or outgrown what I needed from them. Yeah. So my first coach um, – 
He was he was a fifty year old man. He was wonderful. He was really strong on finances and systems, and that's really not where my jam lied. So I worked yeah. with him, and he was instrumental in building my business, in helping me build my business. Um, and then, as I mentioned, I wanted to leverage myself online, so I needed an online coach, and so that made the transition to an online coach. So I think definitely gold standard is work with someone ongoing because what you can do with them then is establish what your goals are and what you want to get out of that relationship, and then they understand you and you'll just get so much more value out of that relationship rather than stopping and starting with different coaches. Yeah. So that definitely I think for people should be the gold standard is work with someone ongoing for a period of time. However, like I said, if you're just in that really early startup kind of phase and you just don't have the budget for coaching yeah. and like I want to be really real about that, like a lot of people don't. <laughs> so go and do a one-off session with someone. I think it, it never hurts to get that objective opinion. I will pretense that with just saying make sure it's someone who has got experience um, because coaching can be a really unregulated industry and there's a bit of burning going on out there at the moment. So make sure the person you're speaking to does have experience. Um, Yeah, I think that's really important. That leads me perfectly to the next question. Um, With like there's so many people out there who are having bad experiences with coaches, as you mentioned. And I know that one of the things you're passionate about is ensuring people choose the right coach or the right mentor. So where should somebody start to look for a coach or a mentor? Because like I see so many posts in Facebook groups asking (laughs) for recommendations. Out of my mouth. I was like, don't start looking in Facebook groups. Oh really? (laughs) Because I always wonder if that's the best place to look. Well, I think you should start by asking family and friends, Um, not necessarily family, actually, asking friends in business, (laughs) who are their coaches, who have they worked with before and what have they got out of the relationship? I just think, you know, it's the same if you're looking for an accountant, it's the same if you're Mm. looking for a lawyer, like word of mouth is really, really powerful. Um, What I see at the moment is a lot of people dropping those comments into Facebook groups. So if you, if you, if no one around you has any experience with a coach that's any good, then sure, then next up you can go and drop it in a Facebook group. But I just think do your due diligence around it. Like if there's a coach and you've never heard of them, that's okay. I'm not going to wipe that out of the ballpark, but that should be priced accordingly as Mm. well. So I think, yeah, look for someone, start family, friends, ask around, see who's working with who, what have they got out of the relationship. And then also like a really, a good mentor or a good coach will be happy to give you examples of people that they've worked with before. And to use those to see, you know, if you're looking, if you're a graphic designer and you're looking to build an agency, ask them if they've done that before. Um, If you are uh, a copywriter looking to develop your online products, ask a coach if they've done that before or if they've helped someone do that before. Um, Again, I think gold standard is if the, if the coach or the mentor has done it themselves, amazing. Like, because you know, you love a launch as much as me (laughs) and you know that you can't tell anyone about a launch until you've done a launch. Oh, exactly. So many nuances to it. So, yeah, family and friends first. Then you can drop it in Facebook groups. But really do your due diligence because um, good coaching, good mentoring will be an absolute game changer for your business. Like there's no doubt about it. But bad coaching can be just as effective but in the opposite direction. Mm. Um, And – I, I, I get so many calls from people just saying, I've been burnt by a coach, but I've heard about you, but I'm, 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 I'm nervous. I don't, I'm, I don't want to put my toe in the water. And like, it's just so disheartening because also there's some really high value coaching programs out there. So people are selling, you know, five, 10, $15,000 programs and, you know, their members are just getting no value out of them. Like I've had two people call me this week saying that exact same thing. Oh. And it just like, it makes me sick to the stomach, you know, that yeah. people are getting away with doing that. Um, 
But I just say, if anyone listening has had that experience, like there are good coaches out there. Another tip I would just give everyone is if you go to a free seminar somewhere, because someone's going to teach you something and they (laughs) sell you something from stage, like smarten up to that right now. Do not buy anything in the room. They are going to put down an offer that you cannot resist. Trust me, you can resist it. And they'll always take you the next day. So if you're in a room and someone's selling you from stage, like they have worked you up all day to get there. So just they'll have the same offer the next day. Just go home, sleep on it, come back. And yeah, if you're putting that kind of money on the table, like be talking to people that have put that kind of money on the table before. Even if you're person number 11, they're going to take you. They're going to take you guys. Like they're not going to say no. So yeah, just everyone, everyone's smart enough about that immediately. (laughs) Are there any other big red flags that people should look out for? Um... (laughs) I was going to say something controversial then, but I probably should. No, no. please. We love controversial. <laughs> Look, if people are wearing gold chains and they're standing under oh. the Eiffel Tower, <laughs> Steph just spat her coffee, everyone. <laughs> I mean, guys, look out for the cliches. Like, honestly, if someone's just doing the talk, like, you know, as I mentioned before, it's it's a relatively unregulated industry. So, and everyone's pretty smart about brand these days. So if you can like go get some professional shots taken and get a really nice brand around you and then be saying all the right words, like that would appear to be trustworthy because we trust brands exactly. that are really consistent and out there. So if you, if this, if you have had an experience to anyone as well, like don't blame yourself. Like you've been cleverly manipulated um so I think anything that looks pretty cliche out there I'd be steering clear of as well I think a good coach or a good mentor they've got their own voice they don't need the gold chains unless you're someone that wears gold chains and that resonates with you that's cool but if it doesn't like look for someone who's got their own voice who I actually remember uh, one of my one of my members who's she's one of my favorites she just said to me like I just you know my only hesitation about coming on board with you because you've been burnt before by another coach she's like I just I don't see you very much on social media and I'm like yeah because I'm getting the work done like yeah. come on <laughs> so that's just so good. Yeah. yeah look for someone that's authentic I mm. think anyone that's yeah out there with that looks kind of too shiny might actually be too shiny yeah unless yeah, yeah unless as you said the shininess is what resonates with you mm-hmm. yeah I like 100%, 100%. that 100% yeah. and you also you mentioned so asking them if they've got experience in doing what you're trying to achieve are there any other questions that somebody should ask a potential coach or mentor before deciding to work with them yeah another really big one and particularly if you're more in that startup phase is um, really check out what the kind of availability your coach has yeah. so if you're in those earlier stages you're probably going to need a lot more hand holding or cheerleading or you're going to have a lot more questions just because you've got more time on your hands and you're not as certain about your products you're offering yourself all the things so it's really important to understand what kind of availability a coach has um, when you go into that more scale up kind of arena like I know people that work with mentors that they might only see once a year for lunch you know uh, or once every yeah. six months or something like that so I think that's I mean understanding what they charge understanding how frequently you'll see them so also understanding your own needs and I think that's where any relationship into coaching should start like understand what what it is that you want to get out of that relationship Mm. so if it is a really specific skill set then look for a coach that has that really specific skill set if it's um if it's just someone for accountability then tons of coaches out there can do accountability and they're probably going to be a bit cheaper for you as well if it's camaraderie and you know that you're someone that really leans on on people quite heavily then look for a coach that's got really 
amazing availability and that's happy to do that. And that's a real, like for me, that's not how I work. You know, I like to give people their tasks to do and off they go. Um, It's like super needy clients and me, like we're not a match. (laughs) So, but, but there are coaches out there and mentors that that do really like that. And they're going to be, you know, hundred percent on email for you all the time. Um, Also, another thing to look for is, are you after a one-on-one coach? So there, and I think one-on-one coaching is incredibly valuable or are you looking to also get a community um, with that as well? And for, for different people, that will be different as well. So seek out accordingly, but know yourself first and what you're looking for. It doesn't need to be that I need the answers to X, Y, and Z because the coach will figure that out, but know where you want to take your business and, and what those next steps are for you and then choose accordingly. Yeah. You briefly mentioned, well, you hinted at group coaching there, Hmm. which, I mean, you've got High End Hustlers program, which if maybe it might be best if you explain what that is so that our listeners understand how that is and how group coaching works. Yeah, great question. Great question. So for me, as I mentioned, I'd been working one-on-one with business owners for a really long time, like years, and it got to the point where um, I was looking to leverage myself online because I had been booked out for a long time. And it also, I was looking at the, um, some of them, like my clients that I was working with and one in particular, who was one of my favorites, Tess from Smackbang Designs. And we'd been working together for quite a while and we'd really taken her from being, you know, like just her and a part-time designer up to a really wonderful agency. And, you know, we're both really proud of the work that we'd done to be able to achieve that. And then I remember looking at her one day thinking, yes, you need my mentoring and I'm here and I've brought a lot of that to the table. But what you also need is you need a kick-ass community around you, like Mm. a really tight network of people that are also of your caliber, that have also taken the leaps that you've taken, a community around you that is, that is, confidential that you can also draw on their skills and experience because for me being the mentor there's only so much that I can bring to the table but if you're in that really curated group that also has incredible skills and experience to bring to the table and then you have someone facilitating that and it's a committed process that you're going through then I saw that I leveraging myself into a group situation would also really work for the clients that I was working with at that point um, because that's what they were chasing. Yes, the mentoring, but also the community. Yeah. So other than the community, are are there any other benefits that someone might get out of group coaching versus one-on-one? Yeah, I think there's definitely um, a camaraderie as well. So in terms of, and I mean, I can speak from my experience best, which is high-end hustlers. Um, It also, it allows, when you go into a group situation, so you get the mentoring, but you also, you get that sense of camaraderie, but you also learn from everyone else in the group. Because if it's a properly curated group, you will have the same queries as everyone else in that group, but at a different time. So Mm -hmm. what that might mean is, you know, I'm bringing on this position, how do I onboard them? Or I've got a dip in my cash flow, or how do I cash flow? I've got a dip coming up in my cash flow. So the question that you've got one week, someone else will have next week and someone's got your question this week. And so there's that beautiful, it's almost like you don't have to, you know, pull out a textbook and learn how to run a business. You're learning it in real time with real people who are going through real experiences right there and then, and they're being mentored right in front of you. So you learn kind of not only what you think is your query that week, but also the next six weeks because everyone else just asks those <laughs> questions for you. So I think that's a real advantage of group co- coaching. Like I said, if it's being curated well, 
Um, and then I guess from my perspective about what I'm able to bring to the table is with a group coaching, because my time is more leveraged, it means that I'm able to put a whole bunch more value into my programs. So things like within the high end hustles programs, you know, we do three day summits. We do a lot of education. I put together like masterclasses and power packs. And because my time is more leveraged then, and also I'm leveraging off the skills and the experience in the group, I can bring a lot more to the table to bring that extra value. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And like I so I'm personally in two different mastermind groups and I find like the whole yeah, leveraging each other's skills and the community aspects. Like it's so good when you're just when you when you're especially if you're working from home. Like I'm fortunate yeah. I work in, work in a co-working space so I have other people around me, but I know a lot of people don't and that isolation and not having people to bounce those ideas off, it's just it's tough. Yeah. And if you can, if you've got a group that you can be like really honest with as well, like it's the friendships that I see, like the collaborations, the friendships, they're absolutely amazing because you see people at their best and you're cheering them on and you see them at their worst (laughs) and you help pick them up. And that's so powerful. Um, And also I think, you know, for anyone who is listening that's working home or they're working alone or they're feeling isolated, it's, you know, it's one thing to talk to your family and friends, but they don't really get it. They don't really get it. And they also, family and friends, they just, they want to keep you safe. Like that's their job. So if you show up crying one day because you're really like just not cutting the mustard and it doesn't feel like it's working, like they'll just tell you to quit, go back to your job. Yeah. You know, like that kind of conversation. (laughs) Whereas what you want is you want people around you who are like, yeah, that sucks. And here's what to do about it. And here's how to fix it. Yeah. And you're going to be in a different place next week. Yeah. And, and next week, it's not going to matter. You're going to look back and it's going to be just another little problem you overcame. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of, I feel like what business is sometimes, yeah. like a series of overcoming little problems. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so true. Like I look back at, I don't know, last year, I had so many different issues that I went through. And at the mm. time I was like, oh, this is such a big challenge. And now I can't even think of any of them to name them it's so great hey I quite often remind people of that it's like if you fast forwarded your mind's eye to two years time would you remember that this is happening right now like like and usually I shouldn't say usually but sometimes it's around client work like you know you've got a particularly prickly client it's like are you going to remember their name in two years oh probably not okay like let's forget about it then yeah (laughs) so for somebody who's just starting out in business would you recommend one-on-one coaching or group coaching for them or is it case by case? Good question. I think there's a place for both, mm. to be honest. Um, I think there's definitely place for one-to-one because you're going to need advice that's specific to you. But what I'd say out of the group environment that would be better for you is the community aspect so you don't have that feeling of isolation. Yeah. So there's actually sure. a place for both. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and sometimes like coaching, coaching probably will cost you money and should cost money. Um, <laughs> but whereas if you like, if you, you can put together a little mastermind group, that's free. Yeah. You know, like just people that you know, or people that you meet at a networking event and, you know, maybe it's once a fortnight, maybe it's once a month. Like you can do that stuff for free. What I just like, my kind of caveat on that sort of stuff though is, is like <sighs> heed the advice that you get within that um, with warning, mm. I think, because it's also you're getting someone else's opinion and how educated or experienced is that opinion. So yeah. that's why I'd say if you're in a group situation that's not being led by an experienced coach is just take that take that as, as more the community and camaraderie aspect as opposed to the like hardcore you should listen to this advice kind yeah. of stuff. And the accountability. Yeah, the accountability. accountability as well. Yeah, yeah. good one. 
Yeah, because we have we have a similar arrangement, like a bunch of us in this co-working space where we mm. catch up once a fortnight and it's good. Yeah, it's mostly the accountability. That's the best part. Yeah, yeah. yeah and that's amazing. So, and that kind of stuff is free. So get really, exactly, if you don't yeah. have the resources, be resourceful, like yeah. create it. It's so, yeah, it's so helpful. So if somebody's been working either with a coach one-on-one or in a group coaching situation and they haven't seen results yet, mm-hmm. where can they start to troubleshoot? Okay, good question. So I think results always take about three to four months to see um, as much as we like quick wins and overnight successes. And you can, like you absolutely should be able to get some of that, um, you know, for you, like you mentioned before, it was like quitting client work. Like that yeah. can happen really fast and make a really fast difference. But then there's some stuff that we discuss, which is much more longer term, yeah, exactly. which just takes time to get out there. So I think you need to have a good check in with, um, maybe you haven't ticked that thing off your list, but you might be making progress towards it. Um, and always allow, I'd say three to four months to see results. Um, yeah. from your coaching and it's I think the same like you'd probably advise the same within sort of marketing stuff I think usually oh, yeah. you've got to give a strategy Generally. three to four months to yeah. actually see whether it's valuable or not yeah oh so true but what I will add to that yes. sorry That's um, right. is if someone's working with a coach and they're not getting what they want out of the relationship I would always encourage you to have an honest conversation with that mm. coach and just say you know I need more accountability or I'm not getting results or this is like whatever for whatever reason it's not working for you like put your hand up and have your the conversation because your coach will probably come to the table on it um yeah. you know and and meet you with where you're at and what you need so and they probably want that feedback yeah exactly yeah. because i mean coaches as well like their their business and reputation depends on the success of their clients so yeah. they want you to do well like they're <laughs> really invested in you doing well so if you're not getting what you want you're not getting the results that you want then ask for what you need Um, because working with a client, sorry, working with a coach that you've already been working with is going to be easier than going and finding another one and starting from scratch. Mm, That's so true. I like that. So I've just got one more question slightly. It's not related to business coaching before I get onto the rapid fire questions that I always ask at the end. Mm -hmm. So you escaped the hustle of Sydney how long ago? Uh, About... Goodness, it be coming on two years wow. soon. And now you live a much more laid back life in Byron Bay. Indeed. Do you have any tips for anyone, any of our listeners who might be looking to design a lifestyle or a life around like their dream lifestyle like you did there? I do. And yes. I was thinking about this in the shower this morning. So I'm going to start taking like, notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I would say is like relentlessly pursue your vision. Yeah. Relentlessly. So – Indeed, I live in Byron Bay at the moment, but it took me when I leveraged myself online, the whole reason I had I had two goals initially when I did that. The first goal was what to run my first online program and that was like a six month goal. And then my three year goal was to move to Byron Bay. Yeah. And like I used to get up at 4.30 every morning to work because I was still working around client work. Like, so I would build my course at 4.30 in the morning. I'd be up till 2 a.m. Like, and I, like, I had that vision and I held it and I connected to it every day. And I just like relentlessly pursued it until I got it Love that. to the point where I even like found a house in Byron Bay, forged my partner's signature on the lease papers <laughs> and he loves it now too. But oh. it was really like holding that vision so strong. And I think everyone's vision is different. 
Yeah. So being really clear as well on what your vision is and my version of success is definitely not a lot of other people's version of success mm. and, and likewise. So figure out what works for you. Some people as well, like they love the hustle, like they love like big work capacity and city living and that kind of stuff. So figure out what your vision is and then just like relentlessly pursue it and of all the really successful entrepreneurs I know, like they've worked hard at that, you know, at, at, at achieving that. And they have, like they've put in the work, they've taken the leaps of faith as well. Like don't wait for the future to be presented to you, but take the leaps. Like when, when, when the dots don't connect, connect them for yourself, take those leaps, invest in yourself and just relentlessly pursue it. I love that. Thank you so much. (laughs) All right. So I've just got three questions that I always ask my podcast guests. And the first one is, what advice would you give to your pre-business self? It's hard, but it's worth it. Oh, I like that. What has been your biggest whoops moment in business? My biggest whoops moment in business. What a great (laughs) question. Um... Goodness, I can't think of any off the top. I, I just feel like they're all been so valuable. Probably probably putting money into services that I hadn't researched enough. Like, you know. Like I feel I like we've all done that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I like that's kind of the whoopsie stuff. But I've learned, I think as a mentor as well, like whenever like something hasn't worked, I've learned so much that I'm able to impart to people. So I just see the whole thing as like w- was the right way to go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you won't make that mistake again. Exactly. Well, some some of them I made once or twice, but <laughs> <laughs> never again, I swear from here. <laughs> and what has been your biggest growth moment? Definitely leveraging online, 100%. Um, And also, so that would be the first one. I think the second one as well is being super honest with my community. So I think coming like when in my first few years it was just kind of I felt influenced by a lot of people and a lot of things and a lot of what I was Mm. learning and coaching all all sorts of things influenced me and then as I've gone through this process and just personally as well getting older and yeah just knowing myself better it's like just being so direct and so honest with my community about the person that I am and that's what they want and that's what they respond to and that feels really authentic and genuine to me like that. What's next for Prue and Owners Collective? Ah, goodness. Um, we've got our next round of high-end hustlers coming up, so my head's really in that at the moment, but yeah. have also launched my One yes. Wild Ride podcast. Exciting. So. Tell us a bit about your new podcast. Yeah, so One Wild Ride is my podcast, and um, I kind of came up with the idea last year, and it was really designed just as a passion project for me. I just yeah. found that a lot of the business podcasts that I was listening to, like they're really about growth strategies and, and and really powerful for what they were. But for me, I just draw so much inspiration from so many different walks of life. Yeah. And so that's really why One Wild Ride was born, just to have more meaningful conversations with people. And, you know, everyone from business owners and the personal side of business ownership, but also really great like activists and cause led and, you know, yeah. stuff like that. So yeah, that's getting a lot of my attention at the moment. Oh, I'm just loving it. So exciting. And you little podcast baby. I know. As I said earlier to you just before we jumped online, it's like having a start off all over again. Yeah. It's just like, like this screaming baby in the night. I'm like, I love you, but you're so much work. I don't think people realize how much work goes into a podcast sometimes. Yeah. Like it's, not, it's not this easy thing. It's not easy and it's not usually well paid. And no, I just reckon anyone well who is listening to this, like, head over to, to Steph's page there and like review and rate this podcast. Oh, like thank that's you. such, it's, <laughs> and I don't think anyone realizes like the reason we ask you guys to do that is because iTunes then pushes the, these yeah. podcasts further. If they've got 
like reviews and ratings, then iTunes favors them Apple and podcasts. helps us. Pardon? Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. They don't like us calling it iTunes anymore because now oh, they're counting iTunes. It's becoming Apple Music and Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, guys. <laughs> I stand corrected. So <laughs> yeah, that keep stuff the Apple is, Gods happy. <laughs> absolutely. And that stuff is so helpful to podcasters. Yeah. So I think it just takes two seconds and it'd be yeah. great if everyone did that. Thanks, Prue. So, Prue, where can people find out more about you and Owners Collective and High End Hustlers? Great question. So I'm on the gram. Uh, we're at Owners Collective and the website is theownerscollective.com. And then for me, I'm at Prue Chapman and that's where the One Wild Ride podcast lives as well. Awesome. Thanks so much, Prue. Thanks so much, Steph.